So we have read this verse, Itham Satam Brahma Sukhano Bhutya. So the coward boys have uh, come to the point of playing with Krishna after many, many lifetimes of pious activities. Now, thus the Lord is always engaged in transcendental loving activities with his spiritual associates in the various relationships of Shanta, neutrality, Dasya, servitorship, Sakya, friendship, Vatsalya, parental affection, and Madhurya, conjugal love. Since it is said that Lord Krishna never leaves Vrindavan Dham, one may ask how he manages the affairs of the creation. This is answered in the Bhagavad Gita chapter 13, verses 14 through 18. The Lord pervades the entire material creation by his plenary part known as the Paramatma or Super Soul. Although the Lord personally has nothing to do with material creation, maintenance and destruction, he causes all these things to be done by his plenary expansion, the Paramatma. So that's how the Lord maintains through his Paramatma. Every living entity is known as Atma, Soul, and the principal Atma who controls them all is Paramatma, the Super Soul. This system of God-realization is a great science. The materialistic Sankhya Yogis can only analyze and meditate on the 24 factors of the material creation, for they have very little information of the Purusha, the Lord. So Sankhya Yogis are pretty much like the scientists of today but far more advanced than the modern scientists. They have actually already um, come to the point of identifying the ingredients of material creation, but they are not advanced yet because they don't really give any credit to the Paramatma who has actually created everything. So they can just see the material elements and analyze them. And the scientists, they are also doing it the same way. But the real Sankhya Yoga, the theistic Sankhya philosophy was taught by Kapila Muni, Kapila uh, Dev, who is the incarnation of uh, Krishna and he was the son of Devahuti. He had um, enunciated the Sankhya Yoga system. But then there was an another Kapila, atheistic Kapila, who uh, propounded atheistic Sankhya philosophy that means without the the conception of God just to analyze the material elements with that we can't get very far because if we negate the presence of God then we can't really explain anything but that is the how that Sankhya is, is done but he, even though Kapil Dev uh, gave this pure theistic Sankhya philosophy mostly Sankhya yogis remain just analyzing the material elements. So they are the Vedic scientists, you can say. Not really. The devotee is a real scientist because he knows the science, the everything about the science, how the Lord controls everything. But scientists, when I say scientists, I'm meaning those people who think there is no God. In that way, they think science is. Actually, that's not even science. Strictly speaking, that is not even science. If you deny a fact, then that's not science. And you are biased against the presence of God. Real science means, alright, I don't know that there is God. There is a possibility, so let us investigate. You know, of course, we can't investigate. Panthastu koti shatavatsara sampragam yo vayorathavi manasomuni pungavanam Even at the speculation for millions of years, we cannot understand God. 
But at least if we are sincere in searching out about God, then Krishna, he will send the spiritual master to us. If we are really sincere, like all of us, we have come into this Krishna consciousness movement because of some kind of questioning on our part. There was definitely some questioning on our part and because of which we could have gone and questioned for millions of years and we would have never gotten the answer. But then we were led to Prabhupada's books and Prabhupada's movement, Hare Krishna movement and that's how this all thing starts. The, the, the proper path starts. So if we are sincere in our search, that's why the Vedanta Sutra, Vedanta Sutra starts with that. Athato Brahma Jignasa. Jignasa should be there, the questioning, the sincere inquiry. And when one is actually inquiring like that, then the Paramatma, he, he detects that sincerity. Then he provides the facility, the Guru. Just like he has been providing the facility for our material needs, whatever we have been wanting, according to what we deserved, as Paramatma, he has been listening to our desires. And he had answered those desires by giving us the particular body that we have, the particular situations, the particular family, the particular country that we are born in. The Lord has arranged everything because of our desires. Similarly, when one actually uh, desires spiritual advancement, sincerely, because there are many people who want spiritual advancement, but they are not prepared to go to the real thing. They want some shortcut or they have some distorted view of spiritual realization. They are not really interested. They are just interested in their materialistic desires and how to fulfill them. They are not interested in surrendering to the Lord. So these people will always be cheated. Hmm. So, but if we are fortunate enough to come in contact with a pure devotee, a Brahmanda Brahmita Kono Bhagyavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasad Pai Bhakti Lata Bij, Bhagyavan, who is fortunate, who is really sincere, the Lord directs him to the spiritual master. So, the materialistic Sankhya yogis can only analyze and meditate on the 24 factors of material creation, for they have very little information of the Purusha, the Lord. And the impersonalist. Impersonal transcendentalists are simply bewildered by the glaring effulgence of the Brahma Jyoti. If one wants to see the absolute truth in full, one has to penetrate beyond the 24 material elements and the glaring effulgence as well. Sri Ishopanishad points toward this direction, praying for the removal of the Hiranmaya Patra, the dazzling covering of the Lord. The dazzling cover of the Lord is not just the Brahma Jyoti alone. Even this material world, you see how glaring it is. It is so glaring. Glaring means attractive. The glaring beauty of this, um, attractive beauty of this material world is so glaring that the Lord is completely beyond our vision. The Brahma Jyoti also, yes, it's bright light and one, you know, can't see the form of the Lord. That is understood. But even this material world is so glaring, so many, uh, what we say, attractions, so many infatuations we have, it is so glaring, it's, it's attracting us in all ways, you know, every single way, you know, all our senses. Indriyanam hi charatam yanmano nu vidhiyate tadasyaharate pragnam vayurnavam ivambhasi. Chapter 2, text 67 of Bhagavad Gita. Our senses are wild. And each of these senses, well, like when there is a glaring light, the moth rushes into the fire. 
So that is the sense of sight. The sense of sight is being is being pulled by that glaring effulgence, the glaring beauty of fire, and then the moth succumbs to that attraction and it dies in the fire. So similarly, that's just the sense of sight. But then we have the sense of hearing, the sense of tasting, the sense of sense of smelling. In each way, we are attracted. Like the perfume industry, for example. When the man or the woman puts on the perfume, it attracts the opposite sex. That's what the whole perfume industry is about. You know, that's what they market it as. Even, you know, men's perfumes, women's perfumes. You know, what is that? So, because the women's perfume, they should attract the mind of the man, and the man's perfume, it should attract the mind of the woman. So, through the sense of smell, the taste, the you know form touch everything we are being attracted but so this material nature is also glaring so when the hiranmaya patra the, the the glaring effulgence first of all the 24 material elements we have to get beyond that and then beyond the glaring effulgence of the brahma jyoti as well that is explained here hmm. and kunti devi she ex, uh, explained this in a different way maya javanika chhannam being beyond the range of limited sense perception, you are the eternally irreproachable factor covered by the curtain of deluding energy. Curtain can be in two ways. Curtain can be a cloth curtain and a dazzling light is also a curtain because you can't see beyond it, right? A fog is also a curtain. A cloud is also a curtain. Anything that blocks your vision can be called a curtain. So the curtain, here it is called Javanika. Javanika. Maya Javanika. Maya, deluding and Javanika means curtain. So the deluding, the curtain of the deluding energy. So the Hiranmaya Patra is also the same. It's a curtain. Kindly remove that dazzling effulgence so that I can see your face. That is a prayer today. The curtain of light. So bright. And also Maya. So bright, so glaring, so dazzling. You know, with all its glitter. So, the glitter of sense gratification is itself um, a big curtain. And then after that, there is a Brahma Jyoti. So these things we have to understand. Going back. Okay. Ishopanishad points toward this direction, praying for the removal of the Hiranmaya Patra, the dazzling covering of the Lord. Unless this covering is removed, so one can perceive the real face of the personality of Godhead, factual realization of the absolute truth can never be achieved. So in other words, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaneti, Shabdyati, three stages of realization. But then, in the Brahman stage, in the Paramatma stage, it's incomplete. It's incomplete. Only when one comes to the Bhagavan stage, that is factual realization of the Absolute Truth, and that is the safest um, position. Before that, we have seen. Andham tamah praveshanti ye sambhutim upasate tato bhuya ivate tamo ya usambhutyam rataha. 
to worship the absolute truth in its Brahman and Paramatma features, it, it is, is darker than, um, you know, uh, just material, what is that, material enjoyment, sense enjoyment. Why? Actually, it is not. It is definitely higher. But then, if you don't take, it all depends on whether we come to the point of accepting the personal feature of the Lord or not. If we, if we don't come to the point and come, I mean, climb even up to the point of Paramatma, but if we don't take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord, we don't accept the form of the Lord, we are going to fall down back again into the same sense gratificatory pool of material existence as do ordinary karmis. karmis. So, if a karmi falls from the, uh, suppose, you know, as Prabhupada always explained, the yoga is like the ladder. Yoga ladder. So, there are karma yogis, there are, you know, um, there is uh, jnana yogis and hatha yogis and finally, there is there are the bhakti yogis who are on the topmost rung of the ladder. That is the, hundredth floor like you know like hundredth rung or hundredth floor now if a person jumps from a building from the first floor maybe he'll break some bones and you know you know and sometimes they, they don't break bones they're a bit you know gymnasts you know they, they can do something and Prabhupada called you know these yogis as acrobats maybe they can survive you know they're actually the kind of people parkour you know they it's called parkour you know they run and jump onto buildings and then roll and then you know, all like monkey Basically, they are preparing to be a monkey in the next life. So, these acrobats, so they may do, they, they may jump from third floor or fourth floor, you know, with all their tricks and tricks, and they can jump maybe. But if you jump from the hundredth floor, <laughs> there is no way, <laughs> no acrobat will survive. So, that is the worst. So, similarly, even if we climb to the highest, you know, almost to, to, to the highest, like Paramatma even, that just one step closer to one step below Bhagavan realization. If we don't come to Bhagavan realization after that, it's very bad. And that fall is going to be very bad. <clears throat> because, you know, how hard it is to even climb up. Aruhya Krachrena. You mean the tapasya, I mean the tapasya one is doing all the yogis in Himalayas and all these for thousands of years. What is that? That's so much labor. And after that, if we fall to the same ground as where the karmis are falling to, where is the advancement? What is the? I mean, it's the height of foolishness. It's the height of foolishness. Therefore, Bhagavan realized one. See, unless this covering is removed, so one can perceive the real face of the personality of Godhead. Factual realization of the absolute truth can never be achieved. The Paramatma feature of the personality of Godhead is one of three plenary expansions or Vishnu Tattvas. Okay, before we go, proceed any further. Let me just check the comments if any issue is there at all with the live stream. Uh, is everything okay? Huh. The sound is a little bit distorted. Maybe the microphone volume is set to high. Okay. We can fix that. Hare Krishna. Oh, that's very high. Hare Krishna. Wow. How is that? Very clear. Okay. Some say the voice is the volume is too high, that is clipping, and then there's some distortion. Is that the case? It looks like something like that, but
let me just see if I can reduce the volume by any chance is that all right now kindly let me know in the comments if it is all right then we can okay perfectly fine fine good okay let's go back to our regular program <clears throat> the Paramatma feature of the personality of Godhead is one of the one of three plenary expansions or Vishnu Tattvas <clears throat> collectively known as the Purushavataras. Okay, now pay attention because this is going to be a little bit technical. So, the Paramatma feature of the Personality of Godhead is one of three plenary expansions or Vishnu Tattvas collectively known as the Purushavataras. Okay, now let's get this clear. Who is called Vishnu? Why the Lord is called Vishnu? And when the Lord is called Vishnu? Vishnu means who enters into Vishate who enters so when the Lord enters into this material world he is known as Lord Vishnu in the spiritual world in the Vaikuntha he is never called Lord Vishnu he is never called he is called Narayana he is called so many other names but not exactly Vishnu I mean Vishnu is also there Vishnu is like in the 24 expansions Vishnu is there but not in the sense that he is entering the material world so usually the Lord is called Vishnu in this material world when he enters Vishate Vishate means to enter so in the material world he enters three times three different enterings so first entrance is in the these are called Purusha Avataras Avatar again Avatar means one who descends in the spiritual world he is not called avatar actually the word Vishnu is still there in the spiritual world although he doesn't enter any material world he is in the but in the 24 there is Vishnu also so it is, it is his name is there still as Vishnu but not exactly you know that you know he enters into something he is already there you should understand that although this a lot sometimes uh, refers to the devotee, Vishateta Dhanantaram, you know, that we can enter into the kingdom of God. But actually, really speaking, it is exiting the material world and reinstated back into the kingdom of God. Like for example, from the prison, if we are in the prison, do we enter the normal society or do we exit the prison? So, once we exit the prison, then we enter into the normal society. So, exit in one place and enter, enter in another place. Hmm. So, just like when you go out of the house, when you go out of the door, you are exiting the house and entering the, entering the, I mean, the outside, right? So, actually, the spiritual sky is like the outside. It's the vast expanse of of uh, energy of Krishna only this material world is just like a very small like a prison you know in, in the city it's just one small corner in the, in the entire spiritual sky this one small corner so actually we enter into this material world like we enter into the prison you know and when we actually come out of the prison yes it is called entering into the spiritual world but outside the prison is all spiritual world just like outside the prison is, a, is, the, is the normal country. Actually, that is the real society. 
But because we have been so long in this material world, we think that this is now society and then we enter into the kingdom of God. Actually, we exit the material world. After we exit the material world, what remains is the kingdom of God. So, when the Lord enters this material world, that's when he is called Vishnu, one who enters and Avatar. Avatar means one who descends. When you descend from something higher to lower, that is called a descent. Uh, so, the spiritual world is um, Paraprakriti and this material world is Aparaprakriti. It is inferior nature. So, because he comes from the superior to inferior nature, he is called um, Avatar. Atar means one who rises. Atar means one who rises. Avatar means one who descends. Now, um, Purusha avatars. There are six categories of avatars. You know this? Six categories of avatars. We are not talking about the Dasha avatar, the specific avatar names. No, categories of avatars. So, there is a Purusha avatars, Guna avatars, uh, Manmantra avatars, Leela avatars, uh, Yuga avatars and finally, um, Shaktyavesh avatar. Did I get it right? Purusha avatar, Guna avatar, Leela avatar, Yuga avatar, what else? What did I miss? Manvantara avatar and Shaktyavesh avatar. Yes, six categories of avatars. And in each category, there are so many incarnations. So, these are all a different topic. But this Purusha avatar is the this category where he is called Vishnu. So, in this he enters. So, he enters into the material world and in the causal ocean, the Karana Udaka, the waters of the Karana ocean, which is vast waters, he lies down. And from his breathing, universes come out when he exhales, not only from his nostrils, but also from his every single pore of his body. Roma Vilaja Jagadandanatha. So, the, the Supreme Mahavishnu, from his pores, the universes are generated. Uh, what is that? So, even that Mahavishnu is a portion of a plenary portion, expansion of an expansion of Krishna. So, from the Krishna comes, the first expansion is Balram. From Balram, there is an expansion of the Chaturvyuha, which is Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, the Chaturvyuha. And then, from that Sankarshan, expands Narayan. And from Narayan comes the second Chaturvyuha, Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha. And from that Sankarshan, is expanded the Mahavishnu who enters into this material world. This is very technical. So, he enters into this material world. And once he lies down and creates those universes. Now, in those universes, he enters again into each and every universe. And that is the second Vishnu. The second Vishnu. And the second Vishnu is called Garbhodakashai Vishnu. Garbhodakashai means Garbha. Garbha means what? Is womb. Why is womb called garbha? Garbha means it is so dark and tight shell, tightly air, air tight, water tight, like the coconut shell. Inside, before you break it, it's so tight 
the water cannot come out and this inside is fully dark so this universe is like that it's packed up there is infinite i mean so much not infinite there is space inside this 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 universe right whatever we see is just the half of the universe and that also we can't see much the other half the lower half is completely filled with water completely filled with water and that is the garbha udaka the ocean of the garbha of this garbha of material world tasam brahma mahad yonir yoni means again the womb the womb of material nature is impregnated with living entities which we are and we taken birth in this in this material world so aham bija pradah pita krishna says i am the father of all species of life so in this garbha so he enters and fills up half of the universe every single universe he does this and in this universe also then he fills up half of the universe with water and lies down on that and from his navel the lotus flower sprouts and lord brahma takes birth on that lotus flower then again he expands third vishnu he is called kshirodakashai vishnu so there is a planet in this material world in every material world there will be one planet which is called the shvetadvipa shvetadvip is the shveta means white dvip means island so the planets are called islands because just like the island the islands that we know like singapore is an island island means there is so much water and then there is a bit of land surrounded by water now why are planets called islands because it's a three dimensional ocean of space the space is considered the ocean and the planets are islands in the ocean of space so therefore the planets are called dvipas so now shweta dvipa shweta dvipa means the white island means the white planet why is it called the white planet like our planet is called the blue planet because the water is blue in color and most of 70 70% of the you know geography of our planet is water therefore it appears like a blue marble but then um shweta dvipa is white why the ocean there in that planet is white milk ocean kshira kshirodakashai vishnu kshira udaka shai shai means one who lies down shayana shayana means to sleep so shai means one who sleeps one who lies down on the in the ocean of milk in the mukundamala stotra there is a nice prayer the 50th verse kshira sagara taranga shekara saratarakita charu murtaye bhogi bhoga shayaniya shayine madhavaya madhu vidvishenama kshira sagara taranga shekara saratarakita charu murtaye so he is lying down in the beautiful i mean in the ocean of milk and his beautiful form on the anantasesh on the you know bhogi bhoga shayane he is lying down on the bhogi bhoga shayane on the body of the great serpent ananta anantadev and the the you know just like you know in the in the in the beach or in the, when there are rocks in the ocean at the at the shore there is rocks 
then when the, the waves of the ocean you know hit against the rocks and then this whole spray of water that comes similarly the the entire anantadev is like you know the snake is like the ocean i mean sorry the mountain the mountain uh, uh, what is that chetas chintaya kirtaya swarasane atman samshraya pundarikanayanam nagachalendra sthitam nagachalendra achala achal means mountain like nilachal nilachal means blue mountain so the you know the lord was found jagannath i mean lord jagannath as nilmadhav in uh, nilachal mountain so likewise there is simhachalam himachal achal means mountain so now nagachalendra sthitam the mountain like serpent this is also from the mukundamala sutra 34th verse so atman samshraya pundarikanayanam nagachalendra sthitam so he is situated on this mountain like serpent of anantadev and the waves of the milk ocean are splashing against the anantadev and then the, the you know the the fine spray of milk is you know like you know uh, like abhishek you know, like spraying on the lord and you know that beautiful form of the lord he is lying down in that ocean of milk so that is kshirodakashai vishnu the third vishnu and this kshirodakashai vishnu expands why is called vishnu because he expands as the paramatma and enters into every single atom of the universe so three entrances he enters into the material world uh, in the causal ocean and then he, from his pores come the universes and then he enters into the universes each of these universes there is a second entrance and then as kshirodakashai he enters into every single atom of the creation third entrance so in three ways he enters and in the hearts of everyone as paramatma so this is the three entrances and therefore the three purusha avataras these three are called purusha avataras purusha means the male the enjoyer so he is actually the enjoyer so sometimes when you know, like durvasa muni he went to nara i mean to, to lord vishnu where did he go how did he go to vaikuntha he went to this vaikuntha which is on the shvetadweep planet Hmm. so which is within this material world so many times when the when the any problem happens between the devas and danavas the the demigods and the demons the demigods go to lord brahma and petition to him you know we have this problem with the demons so then brahma along with the demigods they go to the ocean the shore of the ocean of milk the shore of the milk ocean on the shvetadweep and then they offer the purusha sukta prayers and so many prayers to the lord <coughs> ओम तद विष्णो परमं पदम सदा पश्यन्ति सूरयः दिवि वचक्षुराततम तद विप्रासो विपन्यवो जाग्रवम सस्मिन्धते विष्णोर्यत परमं पदम सो विष्णोर्यत परमं पदम सदा पश्यन्ति सूरयः सो दे द डेमिगॉड्स दे यू नो सी द फॉर्म ऑफ द लॉर्ड यू नो एंड इन दिस वे ही सिचुएटेड एंड देयरफॉर ही इज कॉल्ड इज Vishnu Tattvas, so Vishnu, Purushavataras. So that's what is explained in this verse here. The Paramatma feature of the personality of Godhead is one of three plenary expansions of or Vishnu Tattvas, collectively known as the Purushavataras. One of these Vishnu Tattvas, who is within the universe, is known as Kshirodakashai Vishnu. Kshira means milk, so that the third expansion, the third entrance, the third Purushavatar. Uh, he is the vishnu among the three principal deities brahma vishnu and shiva so when we say brahma vishnu and shiva 
we are referring to this Shirodakshaya Vishnu technically. Exactly, we are actually referring to this Vishnu. Not Mahavishnu, not even Garbhodakshaya Vishnu. We are referring to exactly to Shirodakshaya Vishnu and we say Brahma Vishnu Maheshwar as the Trimurti or the Gunavatara. So, this, this Vishnu is the Gunavatara also. Gunavatara means they are in charge of the three Gunas. So, Lord Brahma, he is in charge of the mode of passion, Rajagun. And Lord Vishnu is the in charge of the mode of goodness, Sattvagun. And Lord Shiva is in charge of the mode of ignorance, Tamogun. So, they are uh, Gunavataras. And he is the all-pervading Paramatma in each and every individual living entity. The second Vishnu Tattva within the universe is Garbhodakashaya Vishnu, the collective super-soul of all living entities. This is not the super-soul which comes into every single heart, but this is the collective super-soul of the entire universe, of all living entities. Beyond these two is Karanodakashaya Vishnu, Karana Ocean. Uh, the Karana Ocean, the causal ocean. That means from that ocean, the material universes come forth. So that water, the Lord Vishnu in that water causes the um, creation of these universes and that's why it is called the causal ocean, Karana Udaka. Shai means again lying down. So in all the three, he is lying down. Hmm. In Yoga Nidra. Hmm. He is the creator of all universes. Okay, one point. You know this um, brand called the King Coil Mattress? King Coil? This this is coming from... Actually, the real King Coil is the Anantasesh. The bed of Lord Vishnu. Which is coiled up. You know, the real King. The King of all snakes. Anantadev. He is the real King Coil. Now, this mattress is... Uh, I mean, it may be comfortable. Maybe. For me, floor is comfortable. <laughs> but, if the Lord is lying down on the snake form, that means the snake must, be, must make the best bed. It is soft and it is cool. Because usually snakes are cold-blooded, right? So, soft and cool also at the same time. And it's so soft that the Lord likes to lie down on the snake form. He expands himself as a snake form, Anantadev, and he lies down on that. That means... If the Lord chooses something, that means it must be the best, right? So, if the Lord is choosing to lie down on the snake, that means the snake makes the best bed. Of course, nobody wants to sleep on a snake. <laughs> but the Lord uh, is the Lord himself, Anantadev. Hmm. So, just a note there. Why he why he's sleeping on a snake, you know. That makes the best bed, you know. And that's how even that Although maybe the king coil mattress, they did not even think of the snake or what. Because actually the mattresses nowadays have coils. So on that note, but because the coil is having the spring effect, you know, the springy effect. So, you know, the big Anantadev is so soft and so nice, springy and also cool. And then there is a spray of milk. I mean, the Lord's choices are the best always. Beyond these two is Karanodakshaya Vishnu who lies in the causal ocean. He is the creator of all the universes. The yoga system teaches the serious student to meet the Vishnu Tattvas after going beyond the 24 material elements of the cosmic creation. The culture of empiric philosophy, that means the speculation of the Jnanis. The culture of empiric philosophy helps one realize the impersonal Brahma Jyoti which is the glaring effulgence of the transcendental body of the Lord Sri Krishna. That is the Brahma Jyoti 
uh, sorry, that the Brahmajyoti is Krishna's effulgence is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, <coughs> <coughs> chapter 14, text 27, as well as the Brahma Samhita 5.40. We have seen 1427, Brahmano Hi So now this is from the Brahma Samhita 5.40. Yasya Prabha. You see, Yasya Prabha means whose effulgence. Yasya Prabha Prabhavato Jagadanda Koti Kotishvasesha Vasudhadi Vibhuti Bhinnam Tad Brahmanishkala Mananta Mashesha Bhutam Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami. In the millions and millions of universes, there are innumerable planets and each and every one of them is different from the others by its cosmic constitution. All these planets are situated in a corner of, a, of the Brahma Jyoti. All these planets are situated in a corner of the Brahma Jyoti. This Brahma Jyoti is but the personal effulgence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Govinda, whom I worship. This mantra from the Brahma Samhita is spoken from the platform of factual realization of the Absolute Truth. And the Shruti Mantra of Sri Ishopanishad under discussion, that means this Hiranmayana Patrena Satyasyapi Hitam Mukham Tattvam Pushan Napavrnu Satya Dharmaya Drishtaye, this mantra um, confirms this mantra as a process of realization. Hmm. The Ishopanishad Mantra is a simple prayer to the Lord to remove the Brahma Jyoti so that one can see his real face. This Brahma Jyoti effulgence is described in detail in several mantras of the Mundaka Upanishad. Second Mandala, second chapter, verses 9 through 11. Hiranmaye pare koshe, Hiranmaye pare koshe, Virajam Brahmanishkalam, Tachubram Jyotisham Jyotis, Tadyad Atma Vido Viduhu. Then we have two more verses. This is, uh, I think, the Damodrashtakatyun. Natatra Suryo Bhati Nachandra Tarakam Nema Vidyuto Bhanti Kuto Yamagni Tameva Bhantam Manubhati Sarvam Tasya Bhasa Sarvam Midam Vibhati Brahmai Vedam Amritam Purastad Brahma Paschad Brahma Dakshina Taschotarena Adhaschordhvam cha prasritam brahmai vedam vishvam midam varishtam In the spiritual realm, beyond the material covering is the unlimited Brahman effulgence. See, beyond the material covering is the unlimited Brahman effulgence which is free from material contamination. That effulgent white light is understood by transcendentalists, transcendentalists to be the light of all lights. In that realm, there is no need of sunshine, moonshine, fire or electricity for illumination. Okay, pause. Because here, the nat, you see, Natad suryo nashashanko napavakaha yadgatvana nivartante taddhama paramam mama so this is explained in the 15th chapter 6th verse of bhagavad gita that in the in the in the spiritual world there is no sun there is no moon there is no fire and Prabhupada translated there is no electricity and one devotee so called devotee he left the movement because how can you say you know the electricity when there when there is no word for electricity in that verse but 
this verse has the word electricity. Let's see. Vidyuto natatra suryo bhati. Surya means sun. Bhati means shines. There is no sunshine there. There is no moonshine. No stars. Natatra suryo bhati. <coughs> Nachandra tarakam. Nema vidyuto bhante kuto yamagnihi. So there is no Agni, there is no fire to light it there. There is nothing. <clears throat> the sun which is so bright here is just a dim reflection of the Brahma Jyoti. Now Vidyuto, what is Vidyuto? There is one instance of the word. Actually, this is um, Sandhi Vidyuto. Actually, the original form of this word is Vidyutaha. And when it becomes Vidyutaha Bhanti, it becomes Vidyuto Bhanti. So there is, there is Sandhi, grammatical rule. So actual word is Vidyutaha. So, if you search Vidyutaha, it is found in 914.31, I think. Let's see. Yeah. Vidyutaha. 914.31. Now, if you see the word Vidyutaha, shining like lightning. Navidyuto. Nema Vidyuto Bhanti. What is that? Agni. Na Agni. So, lightning. Lightning is electricity, right? So, electricity is also mentioned. So, that person was who left the movement because Prabhupada translated uh, Pavaka, which is fire, as electricity, fire and electricity. He, he left the movement, did not have faith in the words of Prabhupada. But here we have Vidyutaha. Remember, this verse is to be found in the Mundaka Upanishad, which is quoted in the Ishopanishad Mantra 15 purport. So, just remember that because if at all, you know, if somebody asks that question, you can point them to this verse. So, <clears throat> and then this Vidyutaha, the word to word meaning is to be found in the 914.31 because in that purport, there is no word to word meaning, there is just a translation. So, Vidyutaha is lightning. And lightning <coughs> is electricity. So that person was thinking electricity is a recent invention. No. What is lightning? That is electricity. We can't invent anything that is not already there. You know? Uh, it is already there. Like all this this now data, you know, big data. All these social media programs, they collect all the data of customers. And you know, based on that, they help the advertisers advertise. So, you know, like what are your interests? What you what, just like when you, if you watch a movie or, or a video on YouTube, then in the related videos, you will see so many similar videos of the subject matter you are watching. So, how is that coming? Because it is tracking what you are watching and then suggesting to you, or oh, if you are interested in this, then you might be interested in the other things as well. So, that's how it suggests. So, it is collecting data, big data. Now, Although it is like a very big scientific and technological thing, Krishna is already doing that. He is as Paramatma, he is sitting in everybody's heart. He has the big data, the biggest data. Nobody can check, I mean, nobody can match his database. He has information of every single soul as if he knows them personally. And not just as if, he knows them personally. Whereas here, we try to make as if you know the person personally. Like YouTube or Facebook or all these channels, they will show you something based on the what you are watching that is as if they know you personally because the 
persons behind the YouTube, the, the Mark Zuckerberg or all his employees, none of them know actually what we are watching and what it is just a machine. They're trying to replicate, you know, a, a personal connection. But they are not. They don't actually know uh, as people. But Krishna, he knows personally every one of us. That is a totally different level. Now, I am speaking to you here. How many of you are here? Just see. Um, 27. Okay. The audience dropped. Because uh, I don't blame them. Because so, so much disturbances. But, you know, 28 of you are here. 29, 27, whatever. So, I am speaking to all of you. And I am looking into your eyes. But actually, I am not looking into your eyes. I am just as if I am looking into your eyes. But actually, I am looking into the camera. So, that's what I am doing. So, it's as if you are hearing from me personally in your living room, wherever you are. So, this is as if. It's not really a fact. So, it's just a partial replication of what Krishna actually does. He's in every single one of our hearts and he's personally there with us. And, you know, he's listening to everything that we're doing. That kind of data is on a totally different level. So, I can't personally see any of your faces. I can't. But it looks like I'm looking at your face, right? So, this is this is just imitation. Uh, imitation. But this is not the reality. It looks. For you, it looks like I'm talking to you. But it's not. Hmm. <laughs> That's why Narad Muni, he was um, very astonished to see Krishna in Dwaraka. When he went there, he saw 16,000 palaces and each and every palace six, uh, in the, with 16,108 queens, Krishna was there individually in every one of those palaces. And the, the wonderful thing is that he was doing different things in different palaces. Uh, and the times of the day were also different in different palaces. He was just, he couldn't understand. And in some places he was just getting up. In some places he was just meditating on himself. In some places he is playing with his children. In some places, he was, you know, uh, having some romantic talks with his wife, with his queen. And some other places, he was just practicing his uh, archery. All this is there. You know, he, Narada, when he saw all this, wow, what is this? Actually, a yogi can also do something similar. He can expand himself into eight to nine forms, maximum. Uh, and the thing is that even when he can expand, a real a real yogi can actually do that. He can expand himself into nine forms. But those nine forms will be doing the same thing at the same time. They can't do different things at the same time. Uh, they can change forms. Real yogis, they can change their form also. They can look like human and they can look like an animal if they want and come in disguise. I can, they can look like somebody else. They can change their form. They can do all these things. And they can expand themselves into eight forms. But... They cannot do different things. So, Narada Muni, he is a pure devotee. He was a perfect mystic himself. So, he knew about the expansion into eight forms by again doing the same thing. But when he saw Krishna expanding into 16,108 forms and each of them doing different, different things and sometimes it was day, sometimes it was dusk, sometimes it was afternoon, sometimes it was night, he was completely flabbergasted. You know. So, that is the Lord. No. He does everything. It's not as if. 
like some if, if you're watching like now it's night here 9 9:30 pm wow it's very late so that is time here but some of you like i think somagiri prabhu watching from hungary he's i think it's only 2:30 afternoon for him although it's afternoon for him it is night here and in india it's just like evening i'm doing the same thing to all of you with all of you i'm just speaking the same thing uh, it's just as if i am in all of these places at the same time in hungary and in 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 india in singapore in malaysia on in philippines so it's as if i'm there in all of these living rooms but i'm doing the same thing everywhere this is kind of a mystic thing right it actually is a kind of a mystic power but i'm doing the same thing everywhere that is what the yogis can do but so that is kind of replicated now with this with this broadcast thing but krishna he is different he individually reciprocates with every one of us personally that is on a whole different level so anyway there is this vidyuta lightning so it is covered in shastra going back hmm there is no need that effulgent white light which is called the brahma jyoti emanating from the lord is understood by transcendentalists to be the light of all lights in that realm there is no need of sunshine moonshine fire or electricity for illumination indeed whatever illumination <clears throat> appears in the material world is only a reflection of that supreme illumination that brahman is in front and in back in the north south east and west and also overhead and below these are the words in this verse ब्रह्मै वेदमृतम पुरस्ताद ब्रह्मा पश्चात ब्रह्मा दक्षिणतश्चोत्तरेण अधश्चोर्ध्वं च प्रसृतं ब्रह्मै वेदं विश्वं मिदं वरिष्ठं सो पुरस्ताद ब्रह्मा पश्चात ब्रह्मा दक्षिणस दक्षिणतश च उत्तरेण अधः ऊर्ध्वं अधश्च ऊर्ध्वं Prasritam everywhere, Brahmai, Vedam, Vishwam, Midam, Varishtam. Beautiful verses, you know. Everywhere, all directions, not just like this, everywhere, all around. In other words, that supreme Brahman effulgence spreads throughout both the material and spiritual skies. Just that because the universe is like a shell, it cannot enter here. <clears throat> like sometimes, uh, when there is a curtain, you can still see some light. You know, there's a curtain becomes bright. You know, when there is a cloth, if you cover the sunlight, you still see the light through the curtain. Like the curtain becomes bright, and then there is some light coming into it, right? Therefore, to shut off all light. how much thick that covering of the universe is there to cut off light to keep us in this darkness you know the, the space that is within this universe that we see is nothing compared to the thickness of the layers of the shell that is covering the universe it is said 2 billion miles in diameter 4 billion di- uh, sorry 2 billion miles in radius 4 billion di- um, 4 billion miles in diameter is the expanse of space of this universe 10 times that is the covering of the earth means 40 billion miles or 20 billion miles in, in on one side and 20 billion on the other side 40 billion or 20 billion miles thick and then 10 times that is the water 
covering which is what 200 billion miles thick you know water covering and then 10 times that 2 trillion miles of fire two wow i'm losing count 20 trillion miles of air and um, ether is 200 trillion yeah miles so much thick covering just to block off the entire light so there's no chance that light otherwise the light can come just like if you have a very 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 thick curtain or a wall ah yes you can block off the sunlight but a wall even cannot block off the brahma jyoti no way it's so bright um, you can't even imagine what is opaque and what is transparent we will forget when the light is there and brahma jyoti <clears throat> so that thick layers are needed to block off the light mm. Perfect knowledge means knowing Krishna as the root of this Brahman effulgence. This knowledge can be gained from such scriptures as Srimad Bhagavatam, which perfectly elaborates the science of Krishna. In Srimad Bhagavatam, the author Srila Vyasadeva has established that one will describe the Supreme Truth as Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan according to one's realization of Him. Srila Vyasadeva never states that the Supreme Truth is His Jiva, an ordinary living entity. That He never says. See, He always, Parabrahma, it is different from the Brahma. Paramatma and Atma, always the difference is there. Uh. <clears throat> Sri Vasudev never states that the Supreme Truth is Jiva, an ordinary living entity. The living entity should never be considered the all-powerful Supreme Truth. If he were the Supreme, he would not need to pray to the Lord to remove his dazzling cover. That's true. So that the living entity could see his real face. There was no need of a prayer to remove the dazzling cover. If, the, if we are as good as the Lord, like the Mayavadis say, then why why there is need for prayer? There is no request. You can do whatever. Do you request your hand to my, my dear hand? Please get up and pick up my water bottle. And then would you do that? No. You just pick up the water bottle as you like it. You know. You don't request the hand. You don't beg your hand. You know. You don't pray to your hand. Please, please, please wake up. You know. And you know. Lift that water bottle for me. No. We just do. So, it, if the covering is ours, okay, take out and see, right? But no, there is a prayer. That means we are subordinate. The Lord is um, the overlord. So, that is always there. So, his Mayavadi philosophy is foolishness. The conclusion is that one who has no knowledge of the potencies of the Supreme Truth will realize the impersonal Brahman. Okay? One who has no knowledge of the potencies of the Supreme Truth will realize the impersonal Brahman. Similarly, when one realizes the material potencies of the Lord but has little or no information of the spiritual potencies, he attains Paramatma realization. Thus, both Brahman and Paramatma realization of the Absolute Truth are partial realizations. See how clearly Prabhupada explained here. One who has no information of the potencies of the Lord, they attain Brahman Jyoti, I mean Brahman realization. And therefore, they say impersonal. Because when there is potency, then there is a potent. Who is the potent? Shukram, omnipotent. In the 8th verse. Saparyaga chukram akaya mavranam. Shukram means omnipotent. So, the potent has the potency. There is no question of potency without the potent. So, because they don't accept the potent, 
they don't know even the they don't have any idea of the potencies of the lord so therefore impersonal brahman but the paramatma they know that he is a person so they accept his material potencies and a little bit of spiritual potency but not much they don't know. they know about it. that is paramatma realization however when one realizes the supreme personality of god had shri krishna in full potency after the removal of the hiranmaya patra one realizes vasudeva sarvamiti 7.19 of bhagavad gita lord krishna lord shri krishna who is known as vasudeva is everything brahman paramatma and bhagavan sarvam means brahman paramatma and bhagavan everything included who is that vasudeva the son of vasudev is the brahman paramatma and bhagavan actually there is a nice verse shruti maparesh smriti mitare this is from the one brahmana devotee says i think this is where hmm uh anyway this verse is there shruti mapare smriti mitare bharatamanne bhajantu bhavabhitah ahamiha nandam vande yasyalinde param brahma let others fearing material existence worship the vedas the vedic supplementary puranas and the mahabharat but i shall worship nanda maharaj in whose courtyard the supreme brahman is calling see the prayer so mahabharat or bhagavatam these are also bhagavat hmm. the book bhagavat then there is a person bhagavat so he is saying i shall worship let the, those who are fearing material existence they take shelter of vedas and puranas and mahabharat but i shall worship nanda maharaj in whose courtyard the supreme brahman parabrahma is crawling vasudeva the son of vasudeva nanda maharaj is vasudeva uh, vasudeva means son of vasudeva vasudeva sarvamiti brahman paramatma bhagavan parabrahman that yasyalinde param brahma he is bhagwan the root and uh, and brahman and paramatma are his branches he is bhagwan the root and brahman and paramatma are his branches in the bhagavad gita chapter 6 texts 46 and 47 there is a comparative analysis of the three types of transcendentalists the worshippers of the impersonal brahman gyanis the worshippers of the paramatma feature yogis and the devotees of lord shri krishna bhaktas it is stated there that the gyanis those who have cult- cultivated vedic knowledge are better than ordinary fruitive workers and that the yogis are still greater than the gyanis and that among all yogis those who constantly serve the lord with all their energies are the topmost in summary you know the verse is good to know the verse tapasvibhyodhiko yogi gyanibhyo pimatho matodhikah karmibhyaschadhiko yogi tasmad yogi bhavarjuna a yogi is greater than the ascetic greater than the empiricist ascetic means the hatha yogi here the yogi means the devotee when we speak of yoga we refer to linking our consciousness with the supreme absolute truth so that yogi bhakti yogi so a devotee is greater than the ascetic who is just you know doing that acrobatic yoga not just on the yoga studios that is some exercise only no we are talking about those yogis in himalayas and all those great great yogis but a bhakti yogi i mean the devotee 
Krishna's devotee, he is higher than those sages who, sit, who are sitting in the Himalayas for thousands of years. Bhakti Yogi, a devotee of Krishna is higher than them. A yogi is greater than ascetic, greater than the empiricist. Empiricist means the jnani, the, the speculator, mental speculator. And greater than the fruitive worker, the ordinary karmi. Tapasvibhyodiko yogi, jnanibhyopi matodhikaha. Karmibhyas chadhiko yogi, tasmad yogi bhava arjuna. Therefore, therefore, Arjuna, in all circumstances, be a yogi. And what kind of yogi? Yoginam api sarvesham madgate nantaratmana. Next verse. Shraddhavan bhajate yomam same yukta tamomataha. 6.47 And of all yogis, the one with great faith, who always abides in me, thinks of me within himself and renders transcendental loving service to me, he is the most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. Krishna's opinion. So that means the devotee is the highest. Bhagavan realized. <clears throat> In summary, a philosopher is better than a laboring man. A mystic is superior to a philosopher. And of all the mystic yogis, he who follows Bhakti Yoga, constantly engaging in service of the Lord, is the highest. Sri Ishupanishad directs us toward this perfection. All right. That is the end of the purport. That is the end of today's explanation. Now we'll take on any questions that we have. I think the questions are distributed among three different live streams that we have switched to. And I think they're all collated here for me. First question by Bhaktavirendra. Why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recommended study of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam? Bhagavad Puran to his followers more than the study of any other Vedic literatures because that is the cream of Vedic literatures. First of all, we don't have Guru Mora Murkhude ki Karilo Shashan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, he said it humbly. He said, you know, my Guru saw that I was a great fool. Of course, he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, therefore, my Guru asked me to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. He was mentioning this to Prakashananda Saraswati. Prakashananda Saraswati was a big Mayavadi and he was always studying Vedanta and he asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he criticized him, you know, you are a young sannyasi, you are too young to become sannyasi, I think you have prematurely taken sannyasi, I think at 24 years old, you know, you are not mature enough and therefore after taking sannyasi, sannyasa ashram, now you are, you know, going around dancing and, you know, singing. This is not the activities of sannyas, like a sentimentalist you are doing. Sannyas should be very grave. And should not be dancing and singing with all the worldly people, all grihasthas around you. What are you doing? You know, you should study Vedanta. Vedanta you should study. You know, learn all this. You know, Vedas and all this. You know, philosophy. Be philosophical. What is this sentimentalist like, you know, dancing and singing and all this? You have prematurely taken sannyas and you are, you know, very attractive features you have. And, you know, you can easily fall prey to, you know, if a woman comes, you know, it is all, so many dangers. This is fraught. Sanyas ashram is full of dangers. You have taken it up too early. Why don't you become serious? Now that you have accepted it, there is no question of going back to Grihastha life. Since you have accepted it, now follow the rules of Sanyas ashram and study Vedas, Vedanta, Vedanta Sutra. In reply to that, <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Guru more murkho dekhi, karilo shasan. My Guru, Ishwarpuri, he saw that I was very, very foolish. He said, you cannot understand Vedanta. You, you have no brains to understand Vedanta. 
you chant this Hare Krishna Mahamantra, which is the essence of all Vedanta, then you know that is that will that is enough for you. All the benefit of reading Vedanta you will get in this chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra. That's why in the in the Sikshashtaka first, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told us Vidya Vadhu Jivanam. You know, it is the king or the result of every all education. Same thing Devahuti also said, 3337 of Bhagavatam. We can take that out. You see? Ahobatashvapachoto gariyan yajjihvagre vartate namatubhyam te pustapaste juhuvuhusasnurarya brahmanu churnama granantiyete. Oh, how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name. Even if born in the families of dog eaters, such persons are worshipable. Persons who chant the holy name of your lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and have achieved all the good ma- manners of the Aryans. To be chanting the holy name of your lordship, they must have bathed at holy places of pilgrimage, studied, oh, come on, studied the Vedas and fulfilled everything required. See? That means all the result of studying the Vedas is already there in the chanting of Hare Krishna. It's already, it, one is deemed to have completed all studies if he is chanting Hare Krishna. Whether he has done it before or not, if he takes to chanting, it is already deemed that he has completed. Because he has reached the end of it, end of all knowledge, Vedanta. To know the Lord and to engage in his service. That is the end, Bhagavan realization. To know like the Jnanis or Paramatma, not enough, you render service. And Hare Krishna means requesting the Lord and chanting his name and hearing his name. And requesting the Lord to engage him in the Lord's service. So that is the highest. So everything is there inside the Mahamantra. So in this way, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. But actually what he meant is that, you, sannyasi, you are talking about studying sannyas. You think you have brains to understand Vedanta. That's why you have come to a wrong conclusion. He put it humbly that I am the fool. But actually he is saying Prakashananda Saraswati is the fool. You are studying Vedanta, but you, are not come, you have not come to the point of worshipping Krishna. Veda is to survive. Ahameva Vedyo. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita 15.15, by all the Vedas I am to be known. But you are studying Vedanta, you do, know, you do not know Krishna. Where? Where? That means you have not reached Vedanta yet. And you are far from it. You have no devotional service. So in this way, humbly he said, but he spoke at length with Prakashananda Saraswati and changed him into a devotee. He became Vaishnava and he had 60,000 disciples. All of them, all of them became devotees. You know, in this way, the Lord Chaitanya. So, the basic thing is, you know, we don't have the brains to understand Vedanta. But when it is explained by his own commentary, Vyasadev, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is full of nectarian pastimes of devotees and Krishna, uh, that is in the story format and it is very, very enlightening. Even a common man can understand. Of course, under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam. Bhagavad Gita is part of Mahabharat. You know, this is explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Stri Shudra Dvija Bandhunam Traina Shruti Gochara 
कर्म श्रेयसी मूढ़ा श्रेय एवं भवेदिहाख्यान कृपया मुनिनाकृत श्रीमद्भागत वन डॉट फोर डॉट ट्वेंटी फाइव वट Out of compassion, the great sage here, meaning Vyasadev, the great sage Vyasadev thought it wise that this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Thus, he compiled the great historical narration called the Mahabharat for women, laborers, and friends of the twice-born. Stri, Shudra, and Dvijabandhu naam. Dvijabandhu means Dvija means Brahmanas or the Kshatriyas and Vaishyas. They are called Dvijas. They can be initiated. Shudras are not initiated because they are not. They they can't even. understand any they can't put their heart into studying vedic literature the brahmanas learn extensively kshatriyas a little less and vaishyas even lesser so all of them are dvijas at least dvija bandhu means those who are in the family of a brahmana but who is not qualified as a brahmana nowadays in india there is a born brahmin born kshatriya born no this born you know caste by birth is is a nuisance nonsense and a nuisance but caste by qualification that is proper employment that is proper quality proper on merit so dvija bandhu means one who is born in the family of a brahmana but who is not a brahmana that means his culture is all not brahmanical so they are fallen members you know they are fallen from the brahmanical culture so for them it is difficult to understand for women for you know you know <laughs> the other day one mataji was uh, telling me that uh, i can't really follow the recent lectures of ishopanishad because it's too philosophical you know she even said that so usually it's like that hmm? that philosophy if you see all the, in the history the great philosophers all were men hmm. uh, so there is this difference of psychology so usually women are more drawn to stories um women shudras and dujabandhu and who doesn't like stories especially in this kali yuga you know we all are kala shudra sambhava kala shudra sambhava in kali yuga everybody shudras so we all like stories so there is mahabharat full of stories diplomacy politics these are things we are interested in all the unnecessary things so in the name of gossip seeming gossip which will interest people and will get them on board and then they will be led to this actual essence of mahabharat which is the bhagavad gita so in that way attract everyone and then you know like the funnel funnel is you know big you know big opening at the top so more water or whatever liquid can enter and then it is passed through a small hole and so we want them to if you if you just directly pour the water into the small hole uh, you know some water will just not go into it most of the water won't go and it will just spill out so most of the people they cannot immediately come into this so he has this mahabharat and he brought everybody into it into the that funnel of bhagavad gita which is the essence of the whole thing that does not mean however like oh because, yeah prabhu that's why you know that gorgopal is speaking you know motivational speech because he is funnel you know he is gathering so many people and then you know putting them into funnel we can't speculate we have to learn this from our spiritual master and vyasadev is spiritual master he did not speak motivational speeches in the mahabharat sorry that's not the that's not the point at all so we can't invent our own ways of funnels yeah that may be a funnel to a different bottle not the spiritual bottle you know so we want to get people into the you know spiritual life 
Yeah, that funnel is, I mean, is indirectly described. Vyasadeva indirectly described the absolute truth in the rest of the scriptures other than Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. But it is not that he spoke something else. He spoke, you know, materialism. No, not really. Although, yes, there is Karmakanda. But then everything is connected with Vishnu. But some stupid motivational talk is it can't be equated to this at all. No, that is completely nonsense. So anyway, coming back to the point. So this is the this is why uh, the Vyasadeva has written Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. And actually, it is not just Sri Shudra Dvijabandhunam, but even great. Uh, monists like Shukadeva Goswami for example how did he become a devotee? because he heard this verse Ahobata Ahobakiyam Stanakalakutam he, he heard apparently two verses one is this Ahobakiyam Stanakalakutam Jighamsayapaya Yadapyasadvi Lebhegatim Dhatri Uchitam Tatonyam Kamvadayalum Sharanam Rajema. Alas, when he heard, because Vyasadev, Sukadeva Goswami was born, 16 years he was in the womb, because he was afraid of Maya, but when Krishna assured him, when he heard the voice, then he said, Alright, I'll come out. He assured him of his protection, so he came out. Then he came out and immediately went. Went and he, he did not like wait for anything. He just walked and he, he was already a perfectly self-realized soul. Even he was a born self-realized soul. So he just was going. Walking. So he, Vyasadeva wanted to call him back, you know, come, come, come. Because he was a monist. He was a he was a Brahman realized person. But then when he so he, he was not coming. He was calling him but he was not coming. But then Vyasadeva sent his disciples to chant you know, chase him and chanting the verses of Bhagavatam. Then they were chanting many verses and when they chanted this verse, he was, wow, he was attracted by this verse. Alas, how can I take shelter of one more merciful than he who granted the position of mother to a she-demon, Putana, although she was unfaithful and she prepared deadly poison to be sucked from her breast. When he heard this, wow, so um, full of mercy, such mercy is not possible in this material world. And the Brahman, the light has no mercy. It's just dazzling effulgence. And this, this degree of mercy he never heard. How can I take a shelter of one more merciful than a person who awards a position of mother to somebody who came to kill him? Who would be like that? So then that changed him. And another verse it seems also changed him. Another disciple chanted the the beauty of Krishna, which is Kanto Tan chapter twenty one, text five. <clears throat> Brahma Pidam Natavaravapu Karnayo Karnikaram. Bibhradvasaha kanaka kapisham vaijayantim chamalam Randhranveno radhara sudhaya purayangopa vrindair Vrindaranyam svapadaramanam pravishadgita kirti 
wearing a peacock feather ornament upon his head, blue karnikara flowers on his ears, a yellow garment as brilliant as gold, and the Vaijayanti garland. Lord Krishna exhibited his transcendental form as the greatest of dancers as he entered the forest of Vrindavan, beautifying it with the marks of his footprints. He filled the holes of his flute with the nectar of his lips, and the cowherd boys sang his glories. So when he heard of this beauty of the Lord's form, and when he heard his qualities of mercifulness, he changed and became a devotee, and he came back and learned everything from Yasudev. And then he spoke to Parikshit Maharaj, the whole Bhagavatam. So the stories are not just for the Sri Shudra Dvijamandunam, but even such great learned persons as, even Brahman realized persons as Shukadeva Goswami. And so it is not ordinary stories, hmm. but usually the, they are not so philosophically minded, the women, Shudras and Vaishyas, but they can also come to Krishna by hearing Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, it is said that in the 13th chapter, 26th verse of Bhagavad Gita, Anyetvevam ajanantah shrutvanyebhya upasate tepi chatitarantyeva mrityum shrutiparayanah Again, there are those who, although not conversant in spiritual knowledge, begin to worship the Supreme Person upon hearing about Him from others. So, this is hearing about the Lord in the form of stories and all this from others. They are not very conversant in spiritual knowledge like Sri Shudra Dvijabandhunam. But by hearing about the Supreme Lord from others, they also become... Um, what is that? Begin to worship the Supreme Lord. Because of their tendency to hear from authorities, they also transcend the path of birth and death. So, even though one may be intelligent or not intelligent, if we hear from authority, then we will go back. But if we are so intelligent, but if we are not, and we are into Vedanta and all this, but if we don't come to the point of worshipping Krishna, then you are not intelligent actually. That is not intelligence. Real intelligence is when one surrenders to Krishna. That is real intelligence. <coughs> And because this Ishopanishad is quite, it's, it's a Shruti. Shruti is very philosophical. Uh, therefore, uh, it requires more, you know, intellectual understanding. But in the pastimes of the Lord, the same lessons are taught, you know, with, with examples. And then in the story format, and that is very appealing to everybody. Low barrier of entry, because everybody likes stories, you know. And in, the, in those stories, is full philosophy involved. Hmm. So, going back. Yeah, questions, right? Wow. We have only scratched the surface. Only the first question all the way. Really? And so many questions. Now, wait a second. Okay, we will rush through the next all the, all the next questions. Okay, Bhakta Virendra Prabhu. Um, question. The four Kumaras were in Shantaras. They were impersonalists, which is also sometimes known as Shantaras. But they have you know gone above that and became devotees. And they are still, yes, they are still proponents of Shantaras. Yes. Even after becoming devotees, they are actually in Shantaras. Um, I mean, in devotional shantras, not the Sayujya Mukti, which is merging into the absolute. How come we continue streaming from laptop without iPad screen? Maybe that's why it's slow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all fixed now. Mm, next question. The jivas are in Ekapad of material universe. Then how 
is a devotee able to enter Tripad, Parajagat, spiritual planets which are situated in Brahma Jyoti? As we know, we are not actually engaged. The spirit is so powerful, the soul is so powerful that these material elements cannot hamper the spirit soul. But why are we trapped in this material body then? Because, you see, if you see in the second chapter, second chapter 23rd and 24th verses here, you see, Nainam chindanti shastrani, nainam dahati pavakaha, nachainam kleda yantyapo, nasoshayati marutaha. The soul can never be cut, cut to pieces by any weapon, nor can, nor burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. We are not limited by any of these material coverings actually. The reason why we are trapped in this material body is not because of the material elements it themselves, because of our false ego. That's why we have voluntarily come to accept these material bodies. That's why when one becomes a pure devotee, he can easily go through this, he can cut through the, all the, the, the coverings of the universe and go to the spiritual world in an instant. In an instant. So, that is how powerful actually the soul is. But now the power of the soul is so covered because of false ego. And that's why we remain here in this material world and we, we allow, just like, I mean, the prison walls, the gate, if, it's op- if it opens, we can go out of the gate, right? But if the gate is closed, why? Why the gate is closed for us if we are prisoner? Because we have committed some crime. We need to, you know, clear all our karma or, or we have to be, we have to atone for our, suppose there is a sentence of 10 years. So that 10 years we have to serve in the jail and then we have to come out. So until we serve our term in this material world, the, the door for spiritual world is not open. Uh, so the Krishna opens the, the spiritual master has the key, the door and we can escape. Uh, so by right, the spiritual, the soul is so powerful. It is spiritual. It cannot be hampered. Apratihata. But because we don't have that unflinching faith in the Lord and devotion to the Lord. Therefore, we, we chose to come into this material world and be imprisoned in this material body. Alright, next. Mm. Is the Padmanabha Swami temple in Kerala represents Garbhodakashai Vishnu? Yes. So, there is Brahma there coming from the lotus flower. Therefore, it is Garbhodakashai Vishnu. Yes. Um, next question by Virendra Prabhu. Were the waters of milk ocean Kshirasagar used in Samudra Manthan, churning of milk ocean? Hmm. Even, even the, the, what is this, Bhumandala has also milk ocean. There are seven oceans in the, in the Bhumandala itself. And there also is a milk ocean. It was probably that. Yeah, because the Shvetadvipa planet is a Vaikuntha planet. There only the Lord is there. And there is the ocean of milk, even in the Bhumandala, which is the ocean of milk. There are seven seas, one of uh, sweet water, sugar can, I mean sugar water, one is salt water, one is um, liquor, one is uh, milk, yogurt. In this way, there are, there are seven seas. I think that is the one which was churned up. Yeah, because Shvetadvipa planet is only accessible to devotees. Even demigods, they cannot go directly there. The Lord Brahma has to go. They petition to Brahma and Brahma is the one who will go to the, see the Lord. So, that's that's my understanding that they go to the milk ocean in the Bhumandal, if I am not wrong. 
um, Bhaktivirendra again. You said Vishnu means who enters Vish, Vishate, that enters material. So, Narayan never leaves Vaikuntha. Yeah, he never leaves Vaikuntha. But again, Vishnu and Narayan, no, no difference, right? Uh, <coughs> Narayan means the abode of all living entities. Nara. He is the abode of all living entities. So, he is the abode of living entities even in his Vishnu form. So, it is never, whichever way you call him, you know, he is always the Lord whether in the material universe or the spiritual universe. For the Lord, everything is spiritual. For us, it's material, you know. Vanadakshi Mataji, Prabhu, our loka is in the middle and has lower and upper lokas and surrounded by Garbhodaka ocean. How about with other planets? No, no, no. Okay. The universe is half filled with water. And whatever planetary systems there are, are in the other half. Not just the earth. Not just the earth. The entire planetary systems, the entire vast expanse of space that we see is in the other half. So, there is no planet in, in the ocean and all that. So, the universe is like a shell. Half is filled with water and the rest half, the empty space, that is where, that is what we call space. Even the lowest planet, all the low, the, the Patala, and even the heavenly, I mean the, what is the hellish worlds, you know, the hellish planets where Yamaraj, you know, punishes the, they all are just above the Garbhodaka ocean, right at the bottom of the universe, at the bottom of the planetary system. But still, those are still higher than the Garbhodaka ocean. So, it's not just the earth, it's the, the whole thing. <clears throat> if, if you read the fifth canto of Bhagavatam, there, this information is all there. Next, uh, by Bhaktavirendra. God revealed to Abraham, Moses, his impersonal feature in Old Testament and told his followers, the Jews, not to worship in any image or deity form. Can you explain why? Just like, you know, in the Vedas, there is Akayam, Nirakar. These words, why are they used? No form. Because people, unintelligent people, they will, they will mistake the Lord's form to be like their form. So, these people especially religions, you know, apart from Vedic religion, very rudimentary. Not much information about God is given. Just in the Bible, man is made in the image of God. Slight hint that God's image is like man's image. But not more than that. They don't know anything more than that in about the about the form of God. Not like just now we saw that was Barha Pidam, Natavaravapu, Karnayo, Karnikaram, so all these details they don't have. They don't have the you know detailed description of the form of the Lord, the abode of the Lord, the name of the Lord. Not much. So therefore, if one is not so intelligent, one should not try to conceive of a form of the Lord in the material way. But Vedic civilization is a very, very advanced civilization, and therefore Krishna himself instructs to Arjuna how to perform deity worship. Sorry. To, to Uddhava. Krishna spoke to Uddhava how to do deity worship in the 11th canto. So, there itself we found that, you know, we, I showed you that verse of eight, eight types of deities. Krishna was speaking that. Shaili Darumayi Lauhi. What is that? 11, 17, 12, I think. 11, 27, 12. Yeah. The deity form of the Lord is said to appear in eight varieties. 
stone, wood, metal, earth, paint, sand and the mind or jewels. This is spoken by the Lord Krishna himself to Uddhava. So, in fact, he, he explains how to worship the deity and everything. You know, you see, you see, very detailed he goes actually. If you read this chapter, you will understand. So, deity worship is not whimsical worship. So, for those who think that the Lord is stone and all that, they better not worship the deities because they commit offenses by that. We should always consider the Lord as the Supreme Lord. We should never consider Him as a stone. But less intelligent people, again, they cannot um, do, I mean, cannot avoid the mistake. So, better you, you don't think about any form of the Lord first. So, at least get them up with some moral values and then come to the point of accepting God. Qualify oneself. Then, next question by uh, Vimal Krishna Prabhu. Does Paramatma sit with Atma in the subtle body? When Atma enters another womb, is it with subtle body? Yes, exactly so. So, in the heart is the mind, intelligence and false ego and within that subtle covering is the spirit soul. <coughs> and the Lord is sitting there. Um, next question, could you do a class on the Dashavatara Stotram? Well, Yeah, we can try that. Let's see. We we maybe can try that. Yeah, the Savatara Stotram. It can be a series. Yeah, why not? Maybe after this Ishopanishad, we are probably doing Nectar of Devotion, some of the aspects of Nectar of Devotion. And then probably, let's see how that goes. And then, depending on also the lockdown situation because if the lockdown opens up and everything then people don't have the time to watch so let's see how the, all that pans out then uh, Ajanya Mataji can you upload on YouTube by connecting the three record recordings yeah we will do that we will merge all the three different live streams we had today and upload as one video um, chapter Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, verses 20 to 23, explains something. Ah, well, not today. Today is very late already. I, we, we can't go more than this. And it's not exactly the topic today, so I can't do that. Sorry. And uh, Krishna Smaranam Prabhu from USA, if one's karma is to be imprisoned in this world for 10 years, can that be changed? That's a good question. So, if, uh, like I said, the president... He can, he can, uh, I mean the king when he comes, he can absolve a prisoner and release him. Even though he, you know, otherwise the rules are like he has to serve this much, this much, this much. So, the king can actually remove that. If he's satisfied with the behavior of the prisoner, fine, get out. Get out of this and come back to me. So, that's what Krishna is actually offering. Because, <laughs> a prisoner may be 10 years sentence, but... Our sentence is just continuing and continuing and continuing because we are sowing more seeds of sins and all the way as we are suffering our reactions of our sins, we are sowing more seeds of sins and it's just never ending chain of fruitive activities. So, we can never really stop sinful activities. The only way we can stop is when we surrender to Krishna and Krishna said, Sarvadharman ekam sharanam raja aham tvam sarvapapebhyo mokshesyami masucha. I will rid you of all sinful reaction. 
whatever you have done in the past, whatever you are doing, everything, of course, don't continue again. So, that's why we have no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication, no more continuation. Whatever you have done in the past, that's it, finished. Now, don't repeat the mistake. As long as we do that, and we chant Hare Krishna, and we are, we are you know, become a sincere devotee, then Krishna will take us out of the prison house. Um, oh. Are the Srimad... Oh, I missed that question, huh? Yeah, I, I, I missed the question. Okay. Sorry. Vijay Sharma Prabhu. Um, are the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita recited on many other planets in this universe and also in other universes? Yes. Bhagavad Gita Krishna himself said that I imam vivasvate yogam proktavana hamabhyayam. I have spoken the same Bhagavad Gita to Vivaswan, the sun god. So, on the sun planet, this, this was spoken. And Krishna actually spoke even to Brahma, the Chaturshloki Bhagavatam was spoken to Brahma in the Brahma Lok. And this Bhagavatam is discussed in more elaboration actually in the higher planets. Hmm. Like, uh, even, like the Ramayan, it is in the Bhagavatam itself, in the 12th canto. The Ramayan is 25,000 verses long, but in the Brahma Loka, the same Ramayan is 1 billion verses long. So, the extent of you know how much they can understand, fathom, in the higher planetary systems is much more than we can. So, in fact, the Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam in those planets, like Ramayana, you know, is so much more voluminous. So, so many things we can't even fathom as human beings. So, whatever we can understand is revealed to us, you know. Uh, but in the higher planetary systems, like it is said, um, Shukadeva Goswami spoke the Mahabharata here, but then he spoke the Mahabharata also in the heavenly planets. And there he spoke 1.6 million verses. Here Mahabharata is 100,000 verses. So again, so all these things, the sages in the higher planetary systems, the beings there, they are far, far more intelligent. Just like if we compare rudimentary religions, like, you know, like say for example, Bible, there is hint of the form of God. But then in our scriptures, there is far more detail. Similarly, as one becomes more and more advanced, one can understand more and more details about the Lord. And therefore, in the heavenly planets, these scriptures are more voluminous than they are here. And um, next, Sanjay. Um, Bhakta Sanjay. His question is, the soul is eternal, came from God. How then the soul got separated from God when there is no attachment of Maya? Thank you. Yeah, so... <clears throat> When we misuse our independence, we are part and parcel of the Lord. The Lord is supremely independent. He can do whatever He wants. And we being a part and parcel, we also have the quality of independence. And independence means, like part and parcel means, just like a drop of the ocean compared to the ocean. So in the drop, there is 35% salt. And in the ocean, there is also 35% salt. So quality-wise, the drop and the ocean are the same, 35% salt. But the quantity of salt in the drop and the quantity of salt in the ocean is vastly different. Is milligrams of salt here and thousands and thousands of tons of salt there. So similarly, whatever Krishna has, we also have in just very, very, very minute quantities. So he has independence, infinite independence. He can do whatever he wants. We have independence also because we are his part and parcel, sample God. We are a sample of God. So. That independence, that very small independence is that either we can choose to be his servant, 
voluntarily serve him or we want to be separate from him. Actually, there is no such thing as separate, separate from him because Vasudeva Sarvamiti, Krishna is everything. But in our conception, we wanted to be separate, enjoyer. Krishna is the actual enjoyer of everything. Bhoktaram Yagyatapasam. But we wanted to be the enjoyer. When we misused our that minute independence of wanting to be a separate enjoyer from the Lord, that's when we are accommodated in this material world because in the spiritual world, there's no competition. The Lord is the only enjoyer and everybody cooperates with his enjoyment. And anybody has this criminal mentality of trying to be enjoyer on his own, then he is put into this prison house of this maya. Um, just like a part and parcel of this body, a finger, a finger, Prabhupada said this example many times, so a finger will be healthy if it cooperates and puts the food in the mouth into the stomach. If the finger argues, come on stomach, you are just sitting down there doing nothing and I am working hard, going day and night, I am working, you know, so hard and at the end of the day, after working all, my hands are tired, but still I have to, you know, take this food and put into your mouth. Come on. I mean, you better do some work. I think I, I don't want to serve you anymore. I, I, I just want to eat myself because I am working hard. I deserve this. I deserve to eat. I, I, why should I give you? You are not doing anything there. So, when the finger thinks like that, how can the finger eat? So, he cannot enjoy separately from the body. If a finger is cut off from the body, it looks like a finger, but it's, it does not have the potency of a finger anymore. It can do none of the jobs a finger can do. So, similarly, we are supposed to be working in cooperation. But if the finger just, without complaint, if it just puts the food into the stomach, that nourishment goes back to the finger. If that finger foolishly thinks that, no, 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 I should enjoy, why, why your stomach should enjoy? Because stomach is the maintainer of all parts of the body. Similarly, the Lord is the maintainer of everyone. Uh, he is the root of the tree. We have to water the root of the tree. We can't, branch, you know, oh, the fruit is coming from this branch. So, this branch is more better than the root. Root, what is doing, you know? Simply, you know, like that, you know, Lord, not, not moving, just, just spread out like that and just, just do nothing. But the branches are giving the fruit. So, branch should be watered. Is that correct? No. So, we are just like parts and parcels of the whole thing. But the root, the stomach, the maintainer, that's why today's verse is called Pushan. Tattvam Pushan Napavrunu. He is the sustainer. And therefore, when we cooperate with him, then we will enjoy as parts and parcels, we will, we will enjoy in his company. That is the proper way to enjoy. But when we neglected that and try to be competitive with him, it can happen even in the spiritual world because the independence is there. And once it happens, we are immediately put in the material world. Quarantined. We are quarantined in here. Lockdown. Lockdown, whatever you call it. <clears throat> Next question by Virendra. Can you do a class on class on Narada Bhakti Sutra? Wow. That's so many sutras there actually in the Narada Bhakti Sutra. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I'm not qualified to speak on any of these devotional subjects. I'm just speaking to purify myself. And in the process, by hearing that message of Prabhupada, everybody becomes purified. So, it is just a purification process here. I'm not qualified to speak any of these things at all. I'm nowhere close to being a devotee actually. But, 
I am very much enthused by your enthusiasm and participation because even though today's live stream has gone so long and so disturbing, still 22 of you are still here and I thank you for that. Alright, we will end it here. Shri Ishopanishad ki jai, Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Anandakodi Vaishnavrind ki jai, Nitai Gaur Premanandi, Hari Hari Bol, Hari Krishna.